Hello and welcome to everybody. Welcome to you if you're watching in Peterborough, uh, if you live in Cambridge, if you're part of the congregation in Leicester, or of course if you live here in London, uh, or maybe you found out about us online or through a friend and you live somewhere else entirely. I'm so glad we could be together today uh, to share these moments together. And welcome also to my flat, which is where, uh, where I'm filming this. Uh, for us. Now today we're continuing this great series looking at the I am sayings of Jesus and today we're turning to John chapter 6 where Jesus says these words I am the bread of life. Now last week Simon set us up beautifully and really this series is going to be so significant for us because if you're interested in who Jesus is uh, to any degree you're going to find this series particularly helpful because every time Jesus says I am and then describes himself it's like he's kind of pulling us aside he's letting us in behind the curtain and he's telling us something particularly powerful about who he is and this I am saying is no exception listen to these words Jesus says in John 6 I am the bread of life whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, if you're on social media uh, right now, I'm sure you've noticed, like I have, that uh, people are getting creative in lockdown. It seems to me that my, my feeds are clogged with images of uh, furniture being repurposed. People are remodeling their gardens. People are redecorating their homes. Uh, some people are, are taking up languages or learning how to paint or all kinds of things like that. But as far as I'm concerned, the most noble pursuit that I've seen documented on social media so far is the baking of sourdough bread. Uh, that is a great use of your time. And if, if you've been involved in that, in that endeavor, then hats off to you. Uh, well done, because the world cannot have too much sourdough bread. If you're a bread fan, uh, you know that not all loaves are created equal. There are good loaves, like the, the white cob. There are, there are great loaves, like the brown seeded loaf. But there are no loaves like sourdough loaves. And so if you've been involved in that noble endeavour, hats off to you. And uh, just to celebrate this creativity, we pulled together a few images from within the Kingsgate family of some amazing bread baking. Have a look at these. They're going to come up on your screen. Don't these look amazing? Here are some images from our Kingsgate uh, lockdown bake-off sourdough episode. Amazing. And so today we're going to be exploring this theme, Jesus as our provider, in two main ways. Jesus is our provider by giving us material provision, and Jesus is our provider by giving us spiritual satisfaction. So let's turn first and look at how Jesus gives material provision. You see, the really interesting thing is, is that bread is a theme uh, that's not only all over my Instagram, but much more importantly, it's all over the Bible. Um, in the Old Testament, God gives the people of Israel who are wandering in the wilderness manna from heaven, daily bread that never runs out and feeds them every day for 40 years. In the New Testament, we're taught in the Lord's Prayer to pray, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, Bread is all over the Bible, and whenever it comes up, it's always in the context of God giving the bread to us. In other words, the bread is about God's provision to us. Jesus provides for our material needs. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, where Jesus teaches the disciples, and by extension us, to pray, give us this day our daily bread, he's teaching us that it is right and proper for us to look to him for our material provision. 
Now, right now, many of us might be facing all kinds of uncertainty regarding our material provision. Maybe your job is on the line. Maybe your savings or your business have been adversely affected. Maybe you booked a holiday and the refund has not yet been forthcoming. Well, the Bible teaches us that in uncertain times, it's right to look to him for our material provision. Why is that? Because Jesus cares about our everyday life. He cares about our everyday life. I love what Bill Johnson, a great pastor in America, says. He says, if it matters to us, it matters to him. If it matters to us, it matters to him. You know, Jesus isn't simply interested in whether you've read the Bible cover to cover or how many times you go to church or uh, whether you pray or how often you pray or how long you pray. He is interested in those things, but he's interested in the details of your everyday life. Now, you might well say, Steve, that sounds amazing, uh, but does this apply in uncertain economic times? I mean, sounds good for normal circumstances, but what about right now? It absolutely applies right now. How do we know this for certain? Because the Jews who were listening to Jesus in John chapter 6, as he says, I am the bread of life, were living in very uncertain times of their own. Uh, I'd never really thought of this before, but, but these Jews were living under Roman occupation. In other words, they were living in their own form of lockdown. Not only that, but their economy was an agrarian economy, which means that their wealth went up and down uh, along with harvests and crop yields and rainfall and all of those kind of things, which, you know, they could control to a degree, but they didn't have complete mastery over. This was a lockdown situation. This was an uncertain economy. And it's in this context that Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Not only that, But actually, the first century Palestinian Jews who are listening to Jesus in this passage, uh, they would have had to have spent 85% of their income uh, on food. The majority of that would have actually been bread. So when Jesus says to these people spending 85% of their salary on food, mostly bread, I am the bread of life, their eyes light up. They're thinking, this is going to save me a lot of money. I'm really interested in what this Jesus has to say. Maybe there's some material provision coming my way. And and you can't forget, they've just seen the feeding of the 5,000, and and some of them probably are back for seconds. They're interested in what Jesus is going to give them next time. And as soon as Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life, their minds immediately go back uh, many, many years to when their great, great, many times over great grandparents are wandering in the desert and, and they're without food. And God gives them manna from heaven, daily bread that sustains them day by day for 40 years. They remember that. Uh, they would remembered how when those same ancestors were in need of clothes and they couldn't replace them, God gave them supernatural clothes that never wore out. They would remembered how when their ancestors were thirsty and they needed a drink, uh, God was able to bring them water, something refreshing from something as dry and as desolate as a rock. They'd have remembered that and that would have given them courage. On a, on a personal note, Isabel and I find it very useful when we look towards uncertain Uh, uh, an uncertain future to to remember the things that God has done in the past. Um, This flat that I'm sitting in right now is a miracle. I mean, it's a miracle that we're living here. And if we had more time, I could tell you all about it. Uh, We remember times when tax rebates came through at just the right time for just the right amount of money. Time and again, Jesus has been our material provider and that builds courage and that builds confidence as we look forward into uncertain circumstances and you you might well say Steve that's I'm, I'm happy for you but I don't have a story like that well I want to encourage you to listen to what 
Jesus has done in the lives of other people. Because the truth is, he doesn't love them any more than he loves you. He's no respecter of persons. And if he's done it for them, he can do it for you. And so as you listen to how other people have experienced material provision, allow confidence and faith to rise that that could happen for you too in the future. Looking back uh, really builds faith and it builds confidence as we look ahead. But the other thing that looking back does is it kind of builds gratitude and contentment. I was chatting the other evening to one of our our members in London who at the beginning of this year uh, started a practice whereby at the end of every day she'd write down multiple things that she was thankful for in her life. Now some of these were very ordinary everyday things, things like uh, the look of the blue sky from from her lounge window, uh, things like a conversation with a friend, etc, etc. But at, what was happening as, as at the end of every day she wrote these things down, she was, she was cultivating contentment on the inside of her life and, and that actually stands her and stands all of us in very good stead when uncertain times come. She, she was telling me as we were talking about it that as she'd write these things down she'd feel a peace come on her, she'd feel the presence of God come on her and she did it just before she went to sleep and she noticed that her sleep was better, her mood when she woke the next day was better, anxiety wasn't such a presence in her life and she felt freer on the inside. I want to encourage us as we look ahead to uncertain times to remember Jesus provides our material needs and and to cultivate contentment by writing down good things that he has given us. Before we move on uh, to look at the second way in which God provides, it's really important to note that uh, this material provision in the Bible is very often connected to obedience. In, uh, in January of this year, 2020, somebody I know um, got a parking ticket. Now, the thing about parking tickets is that they increase, don't they, if you leave them. And so this particular parking ticket had been maturing with age. And so it had gone from 45 to 90 to 100 and something. And, uh, and this particular person uh, regularly gives their, their tithe into the local church. They're, they're a believer uh, that we're to give the first 10% of our income into the local church, uh, as, as the Bible tells us. Uh, but in January 2020, they thought, do you know what? God's going to understand. Uh, this month, the tithe money, I'm going to have to reassign parking ticket money because I need to clear this parking ticket. So happened that they drove to church that Sunday and the message that particular week was about honouring God with our finances. And uh, this person left, went home, felt convicted, like actually I've decided to give the tithe, I'm going to give the tithe, I'm going to honour God with my money. She made that call, she gave the tithe, she honoured God with her money, she was obedient and a few days later she got a tax rebate which covered the tithe and I think covered the parking ticket as well. In other words, it's often in response to our obedience that we see material provision. Why? Because God is not a slot machine. He wants to provide for us but he wants to do it in the context of relationship and in any healthy relationship there's going to be the honouring and the obeying of one another as their priorities become our priorities. The things that they care about become the things that we care about and so I I want to encourage us to, to, to develop our relationship with Jesus through obedience in this area and look ahead with confidence. That leads me to my second point which is that Jesus provides us spiritual satisfaction. Jesus provides spiritual satisfaction. John 6 35 says this, then Jesus declared, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Right here 
Jesus is offering a kind of bread that always keeps us full. Uh, I don't know about you, but but those sourdough loaves, however good they looked and however good they taste, they are not going to keep me full for very long. I mean, after I eat a good breakfast, you know, you need some elevenses, don't you? After lunch, you need dinner. Uh, You need breakfast the next day. We're constantly in need of an upgrade, an update, an upkeep. Our lives always need filling up again and again and again. And it would have been no different for these first century Palestinian Jews who are following Jesus. When Jesus says, I am the bread, when they think bread, they think 85% of my income, which has to be spent week after week after week after week. They'd have known all too well that these things are transient. They don't last forever. And yet it's in that context, Jesus is saying something pretty remarkable. He's saying, I'm offering you something so satisfying, it's going to nourish you forever. I'm offering you something, spiritual satisfaction, that is going to nourish you now and it's going to nourish you forever. That's amazing, isn't it? What is it that Jesus could possibly be talking about here? Well, he's talking about giving us a kind of spiritual satisfaction that comes as we experience an entirely new life. The, the, the word used by John in this, in this gospel to describe this life is the word zoe. And, and the word zoe really means eternal, uh, life to the full, abundant life. Jesus is saying, I want to give you spiritual satisfaction that lasts forever by giving you new, abundant, everlasting, overflowing life. Now you might say, Steve, that sounds very odd. If I'm going to get a new life, then what happens to this one? I mean, do I suddenly just kind of get reincarnated or, or, or do I suddenly disappear and then reappear in a new form? Well, no, that's not it at all. You see, this kind of new life is something that happens on the inside. Uh, in fact, how we look on the outside might remain as it was before. Our circumstances on the outside might look entirely as they did before. And yet on the inside, what, what's going to happen is we're going to experience this entirely new life, which is going to bring radical change. Well, you might say, Steve, how do I experience that? John 6, 29 says, we experience that when we believe in the one he has sent. When we believe in the one he has sent. In other words, when we believe in Jesus, then we experience new life. C.S. Lewis uh, was a very famous writer and poet and academic and wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, among many other things. And he actually became a Christian. Um, and, and, the, and he wrote this amazing line. Looking back after he'd become a Christian, he said, he said these words. He said, I only became myself when I gave myself to another. I only became myself when I gave myself to another. And that's what happens when we experience new life. We get what the Bible calls born again and we actually become who we were always made to become and and so if you're watching right now and you'd say Steve I've never experienced that new life I don't know what it is to be born again then at the end of this message you're going to have the opportunity to become a new creation to experience that new life to experience that spiritual satisfaction and to become who you were always made to become. But if you're watching right now and you'd say, Steve, I'm already a Christian, then my encouragement and my challenge for you is you may have fed already on the bread of life, but what is your diet like right now? Uh, What are you consuming and in what proportions? Because you see, the thing is this, we can have tasted of the bread of life and we can have the Zoe life on the inside, 
but we don't just want to receive it simply once. Because we love Jesus, we want to continually return to the source. And so my question for you in lockdown, with so much Netflix, with so much news, with so much social media, is what are you feeding on? What are you consuming? And in what proportions? How are we using this as a time to nourish ourselves by feasting again on Jesus, the bread of life. How can we do that? Well, there are many ways we can feast again. We can do that through worship. We can do that through prayer. We can do that through uh, connecting with other Christians. Um, But one of the ways that Christians have used to feed again on the bread of life for years has been through reading the Bible. It's such a very powerful thing because when we read the Bible, we open up scripture and we see Jesus, the bread of life in scripture, and he feeds us with himself. I want to encourage you. Maybe you've been in the Bible for a number of years. Maybe uh, you've been a Christian for many years and right now you're in a Bible reading plan. I'm in a plan. That That's amazing. Congratulations. But I, I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you with this. How can you use this lockdown season to go deeper in your love of the Bible? Uh, I've got a friend who's a pastor. He lives not far from where I'm sat right now. And um, he loves the Bible and he always challenges me about how much I love it. And the way that he does this is he uses this analogy. He says, Steve, imagine that you had this friend who loved a particular author and uh, they were given as a gift the latest greatest novel from this particular author. They were so excited. This was the best book they were ever going to read. And so you bump into them on the street and you say, oh, I see you've got that book. I'm so excited for you. How are you going to read it? When are you going to start? And they say to you, well, Steve, well, I'm glad you've asked. I'm so excited about this book. Uh, It's going to inspire me. It's going to entertain me. I just cannot wait to get into this book. In fact, Steve, I am so excited about this book that I have devised a very careful plan whereby if I read two pages a day, two pages a day, and uh, hopefully I won't skip too many days, life is busy, but hopefully I won't, hopefully I'll remember to read it. Um, If I read two pages a day, then I'm going to get through this book in a year. You'd say, well, you might enjoy the book, but it doesn't sound like you love it. Because when you love a book, you read longer than you have to. You find out about the backstory. You want to dive into who the characters really are. You want to look at all of the plot lines and how they come together. And so my encouragement for you is, if you've been in the Bible, maybe for many, many years, how can you use this lockdown season to actually binge on the scripture? How can you feast on it? How can you treat yourself to the occasional extra psalm? How can you how can you read a, a chapter of Proverbs at the end or the beginning of every day alongside what you're already reading? What, why couldn't you clear an evening this week and, and read through the four chapters of Philippians? It won't take very long, but it will nourish you with joy and with peace and with hope on the inside. I want to encourage you to think, how how can this be a season to binge on scripture? And, And when we read, let's remember, we're reading not simply to read, we're reading to meet Jesus because Jesus is there and he wants to nourish us with himself. If you've never yet started reading the Bible, I want to encourage you to download an app and actually begin a daily reading plan because that is going to be the best way that you can really uh, experience that spiritual satisfaction in this season. It's going to nourish you on the inside and it's going to be a great use of your time. 
right now. Um, I, I've gotten in the habit uh, since we've been in lockdown of getting up just a bit earlier than I used to. Um, and what I do is I read the Bible, but I, I'm also reading a devotional book alongside, which is kind of nourishing me for the day and setting me up for a great day ahead. And so if you already know Jesus, if you've already experienced the bread of life, I want to ask you this question. What are you feeding on and in what proportions? What are we consuming and in what proportions? Well, as we bring this to a close, I, I want to ask you today, in what area of your life do you need provision? Maybe you need material provision right now. Maybe you need spiritual satisfaction. For those of you who've already received Jesus, I, I want to encourage you to get very practical this week, even to calendar in some activities that are going to nourish you again from the life source that is Jesus. What, what, why not after you've watched this, grab your diary and, and, and put in there, Monday night, I'm going to practice gratitude. Tuesday night, I'm going to read an extra psalm. Wednesday night, I'm going to do something completely different. And, and, and we're going to use this opportunity to build these disciplines into our lives. When, when fear attacks, as it might do, about an uncertain future, we can fight it with faith and with gratitude and with contentment and by remembering what God has done. And if you're watching right now and you've never yet accepted Jesus to be your Lord and your Saviour, you've never yet experienced that new life that wells up on the inside, you're going to have that opportunity in just a moment's time. You see, the amazing thing is that Jesus gave himself for you. He says, doesn't he, not I have the bread of life, but I am the bread of life. In other words, Jesus is saying, I am the solution to your ultimate needs. I am the solution. And, and if you think about it, the thing about bread is before it nourishes and strengthens and renews us, it has to be broken. And Jesus, when he says in John chapter 6, I am the bread of life, what he's saying is, I'm willing to be broken in order that you can be made whole. What he's pointing to is the fact that uh, years after he, he says this, he's actually, he actually goes to the cross and, uh, and he dies a death in order that you could live a new life. He did that for you. And, and I want to give you the opportunity to experience new life in him, this kind of abundant life that overflows. And you can do that by praying with me a very simple prayer. Really, it's an opportunity for you to leave behind your old life and to accept Jesus as the bringer of a whole new one. If that's you, I want to encourage you to pray these words along with me. The words are going to be on the screen, so let's pray these together. Jesus, I believe that you died for me to bring me new life. I acknowledge my need for you. And right now, I choose to make you my Lord and my Saviour. And I ask you to sustain me and to secure me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, that was a super significant moment for you and we're so excited. Uh, I, I want to encourage you to uh, click on the link when it comes up on your screen to say that you've responded because uh, we've got a team. They'd love to point you to some next steps and uh, direct you to some great resources. They want to be in touch with you and to pray uh, for you. And uh, for everybody watching, I, I want you to know that I'm praying for you this week, uh, that you're going to know God's material provision and his spiritual satisfaction in your life. Thank you for watching. Let's sing our next song. God bless.